Papua New Guinea's soaring youth population is expected to reach 21 million by 2050. At independence in 1975, the PNG population was just over 3 million. The current population is about 12.9 million people. This dramatic growth poses significant issues for PNG, but the United Nations Population Fund believes it can bring a demographic dividend to the country if the right investments are made in family planning, education and employment. Don Wiseman spoke with the country representative for the UNFPA, Cyrus Shamim. First of all, the challenges, and it includes access to nutrition, health, education, and employment for all, particularly within the large youth cohort, which in PNG currently accounts for 58% of the total population. However, the potential opportunities of the demographic dividend are enormous, and I want to focus on that. The projections show that by 2050, there will still be a large youth component. And at that time, in 2050, it would be 44% of the population. So this is a long-term window for intervention. And there is time to turn this challenge around to a significant opportunity. A recent UNFPA, WHO, UNICEF study in Papua New Guinea on investing in women's, adolescents, and children's health showed that if we can reach a 95% coverage for family planning, maternal, newborn, and child health, including nutrition, we could potentially shift the needle on this problem. This investment has been estimated to cost an additional 350 million New Zealand dollars, but it could potentially generate over 3.9 billion New Zealand dollars in economic benefits by 2050. What would you do to achieve that? Let's have some examples of the specifics that would need to happen to move the dial. One of the specifics is to ensure that the population achieves access to modern family planning contraception. And UNFPA works with the National Department of Health and other NGOs in order to reach 80% of the contraceptive needs in the country. And the needs are driven by a focus on spacing of pregnancies and children, which in turn guarantee maternal health as well as reduce the risk of low birth rate babies and ultimately bridge the gap between the wanted fertility rate and the actual fertility rate. So we're trying to bridge that gap. This, this is work that's gone on for some time. And we still have, an, I think, an average family size of six, don't we, in PNG? So, Actually, uh, it has dropped to 4.2 currently. So there has been progress, but nowhere near what we would like to see. So in terms of this large jump in population, and the astronomical, when PNG, for instance, hit independence in 1975, its population was about the same size as the New Zealand population at that time just over 3 million or so. Now the New Zealand population is 5 million and the PNG population is more than double that. And there are clearly a lot of issues across the country of governments and agencies struggling to cope with this influx of new people every year. Overall, is this the projection of reaching 21 million by 2050? Is that good or bad for the country? Thank you, Don, for that question. I just wanted to say that, you know, the only thing globally that has ever brought down fertility rates are access to education, health, 
and employment. And I think we need to see these underlying factors as being the drivers in Papua New Guinea and in New Zealand. And we would hope to achieve similar levels of access that New Zealanders have enjoyed since 1975. We would like to see that in Papua New Guinea. The gap is significant. The state that the country was left in at independence was very stark in terms of people's access to services. And so the journey that has needed to be made in the last 48 years has been significant given the geographical challenges in Papua New Guinea. Having said that, I also want to say that in most countries, population increases when health and education are guaranteed can be an extremely positive factor to leverage the country out of a particular status and into a new one. And we would like to take that perspective in terms of the positive potential. As I said, the benefit is 11-fold in terms of every dollar invested now in health and education and the potential returns in the ability of young people and adults to participate in the economy in a productive way. Yes, and those figures you talked about before, you're needing several hundred million dollars. Where is that going to come from for you? Well, I think that PNG essentially has got an economy that has very positive aspects to its resources, the mineral, mineral as well as other potential resources. I think the challenge really is how do we harness that in order to make sure that the population benefits at all levels right down to the village level in the rural areas. The infrastructural development in the country remains a challenge. As you know, the two biggest cities in Papua New Guinea are not at the moment connected over a land bridge. You do need to fly or you need to take the sea. So these are some very real infrastructural challenges, which we think with the current status of the economy, despite the impact of COVID-19, the resources are there in order to achieve the intentions. However, we think that the reports that we're generating will help pinpoint exactly where the investments would deliver the best results and the returns on the investments. And that's why data is important. Yes, and obtaining good and accurate data is a major problem. There is a census plan next year. How important is that to this process? Yeah, it is extremely important for the government to know where people are, what their needs are. There's also internal migration challenges. So the census that would be conducted would also throw some light on the impact of this uh, on populations in the rural areas. I think what we can say is that over the last eight to 10 years, the capacity of the National Statistics Office continues to improve. We have recently worked very closely with them in order to generate a report called the Social Demographic and Economic Survey of Papua New Guinea, which involved 5,000 household surveys, which were then analyzed in order to give a better picture of the economic status of the people in the country. And it was proven with this that it is possible to get good data. And we have been receiving very positive responses to the quality, accuracy, and usefulness of the data that is collected. It was a test base for us, 
and NSO, who are our key partners, in terms of our ability to provide technical support to the census that is upcoming and to ensure the quality this time as the previous census had challenges. So we are positioning and being ready for a good process and one that will give the government the data that we will need in order to channel the resources, while significant, it is still limited, and channeling this intelligently and accurately will make all the difference towards whether or not the demographic dividend is achieved in Papua New Guinea.